Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
Good morning, Salem. And welcome to College Sunday. As you stand to your feet, how many are happy to be in the house of the Lord on this morning? How many are happy to lift up the name and the worth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Amen. As I look out there in the congregation, I see all the different beautiful representations, colleges, military branches, Greek organizations. It's such a blessing to be able to represent those things. But what a blessing it is to be able to fully represent our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ every single day. Amen. And so we are happy you're all here this morning. We're happy to be able to worship the Lord. Our scripture for this morning comes from Psalm 29, verse 2. It says simply this, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. How many are happy to worship the Lord again this morning? In the splendor of his holiness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being able to ascribe to you the worth and the glory that is due your name and the splendor and the beauty of your holiness. Oh, how majestic are you in your name and how your Shekinah lights just light up the entire universe. We thank you because you created the whole universe from nothing. You spoke it. You existed before there was anything else. And so, Lord, we lift you up and we praise you because you are worthy. And we also thank you for the salvation that's in your son, Jesus Christ. So as we praise and we lift your name today, Lord, we just want to continually show you and bless your name how great and grateful we are to serve you and to be children of the Most High God. So bless our worship service, and we pray all these things in the matchless and most blessed name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and worship the Lord. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their souls implore. Walk hills and floods, walk hills and plains. Repeat the sound in joy, repeat the sound in joy.
Come on, put your hands together if you realize God is your all in all. Come on, put your hands together if you realize God is your light and your salvation, your refuge, your strength, your strong tower, your salvation. Come on, put your hands together if you know that you're nothing without the Lord Jesus Christ, that he gives you value, that he's overcome the world so you know you have victory. Come on, put your hands together. God is our all and all. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, put your hands together for this praise and worship team. What a privilege it is to worship our God. Amen. And family, in the same spirit of worship, we also have another privilege, and that is the privilege of prayer. To go before our God directly as people that are sinful and do not deserve his mercy, but yet he gave us his mercy and his grace through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says because of that blood, we now have access through his son, Jesus, our high priest, to talk directly to our creator. And so truly, 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 what a privilege that is, amen? Church family, as we prepare our hearts and our minds for prayer, let us remember our leaders, those serving at the national, state, and local levels. Let's remember our military personnel, those serving both nearby and far away. We also want to remember our hospitalized, Sister Gloria Brody. We want to remember those who solicited our prayers, Sister Corrine Dunlap, Sister Alberto Epperson, Sister Melanie Lloyd, Sister Sabrina McKinney, Sister Rebecca Miller, Sister Glenda Newell, Brother Michael Griffin, Brother Gerald Kilgo, Brother Larry Kilpatrick, Brother Philip McLean Smith, Brother Frank Stewart Sr., Brother Joseph Williams, Brother Lawrence Wallington, and Deacon James Brewer. We also want to remember those who have lost loved members of their family, Kim and Ernest Langford in the Farmer family, and the loss of Kim's brother, Derek Farmer. We also want to remember our very own Reverend Eulish Moore and the loss of his brother, Harry Moore. We want to remember Paul and Lula Barty Smith and the loss of her sister, Henoretta Henry. We want to remember the family and friends and the loss of Sister Tish Holland. Funeral services will be on December 18th at 11 a.m. here at Salem. We also want to remember Sister Sherry and Donna Reed and the loss of her uncle, Brother Marco Polo Montgomery. Family, as we continue to prepare, to prepare our hearts and our minds for prayer, we want to remember and uplift our college students and our young adults, amen? Family, take a look around you at all the young people distributed through the sanctuary in those pews. Keep in mind those tuned in in our virtual sanctuary. If they're not already the leaders of this world, they will be one day, right? This group, this demographic, these young adults and college students will one day be the leaders of our community, our country, and our world. So let's uplift them and pray for them, amen. All of us have either 
been in their shoes already, in their shoes now we are then, or one day we will be in their shoes. And so we want to continue to uplift them. We want to pray for them as they experience as they experience the success and the failures of life. Amen. As they experience the pressures that they face day to day as they navigate through a fallen world, as they establish themselves in their careers, as they're dealing with ever-expanding obligations, and as they feel like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders. I think the church has uniquely, the Lord has uniquely called out the church to be their community, to continue to uplift them, to walk beside them, to fellowship with them, to let them know about the victory that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. So today we want to pray for a community with them. We want to pray that we become the expression of the gospel in their lives. Amen. So let's remember to keep our young people in prayer. Let's go before the Lord our God in prayer together. Abba, Father, and eternal Lord our God, we thank you again for the privilege, the opportunity, every moment of every hour, every minute of every day, every second of every minute that we get to uplift, praise, and worship your most holy and majestic name. Lord, we're not worthy, but you loved us. Not only did you love us to the uttermost, but then you loved us some more. And we see this love in the fact that you sent your son Jesus down to die on the cross for our sins. That he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God, your righteousness, that we might become your children, that we might be called the children of God. So Lord, we stand here before you our heads bowed, our eyes closed, just thanking you for who you are. Thanking you for loving us, even when we are unlovable. Thank you for giving us victory through your son, Jesus Christ, even when we didn't deserve it. Thank you for giving us eternal worth. Thank you that before we were even formed in the womb that you had a plan for our lives. Thank you for loving us the way that you love us. Thank you for teaching us the way that you teach us. Thank you for providing for us the way you provide for us. Thank you for protecting us the way you protect us. Thank you for guiding us the way that you guide us. Thank you for giving us everything that we need and only the way you can. Lord, we need you. There's no one else that can provide for us outside of the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, so while we were sinners and walking opposite of you, you swooped down and grabbed us and told us that you loved us and put your spirit inside of us so that we can become just like you, that we can walk how you walked, how we can talk like you talked, that we can love others the way that you love others, that we can imitate you and become more like Jesus Christ in our daily lives. Lord, we ask that you enable us to do just that. Give us the strength of your Holy Spirit. Give us the conviction in your Holy Spirit. Give us the guidance in your Holy Spirit to become more and more and more and more like you each and every day. We thank you for the justification that's in the name of Jesus. Lord, we also thank you for the sanctification that's in the name of Jesus. How we were becoming progressively more and more like you the more we submit to you, Lord. So help us not to quench your spirit. Help us not to grieve your spirit, but help us to submit to you knowing that you are our light in our salvation, our strength, our stronghold, our refuge, our everything. Lord, I don't fully understand why you love us the way you do, but I do know your scripture says we love you because you first loved us. And Lord, we're just human beings down here kicking up dust, but you saw value. You gave us value, and you gave us eternal life. 
And so we thank you for that. We thank you that eternal life doesn't start in the life to come, but it starts the moment we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that you have risen Jesus from the grave. You told us that we are saved. That that moment we pass from death into life. And that moment eternal life begins. So we know that everything is taken care of. We know that every affliction that we go through, all the anxiety that's on our shoulders, all the pain that we experience, all that is temporary and not worthy to be compared to the future glory that we have in Christ Jesus. That's why you can tell us to keep our mind in heavenly places, Lord, because our destination is heaven. And so we look forward to dwelling with you in the new heavens and the new earth. Lord, we thank you for all that you've given us, but we also realize that you yourself are our reward. Lord, all we need is you. If, if everything breaks down, if we lose everything, but we have you, Lord, that's enough because you yourself are our reward. So we thank you for the reward that's in Christ Jesus. We thank you for the life that's in Christ Jesus. We thank you for the victory that's in Christ Jesus. And so Lord, we lift up every name on this prayer list, every unspoken prayer request, and just ask that they realize the life that's in you. But Lord, while we're here on this earth, we ask that you give them comfort, that you give them strength, that you give them peace that only can be found in you. Lord, watch over and guide our college students as they go through the hustles and the bustles of life, as they try to navigate their way through this fallen world, as they're pressed on all sides, as they're seemingly drowning in overwhelming and ever-expanding obligations, as they feel like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders, Lord, help them to realize that you created the universe, that you can hold the universe in the palm of your hands, so, Lord, we pray for them that you give them strength, that you guide them, that you comfort them, that you help them navigate through this world, that you bless their friendship circles, that you bless their families, that you bless their mental and physical conditions, that you would just give them strength and peace. Because, Lord, they are your appointed future leaders, so we ask that you continue to equip them, that you continue to build into them, that you allow your church to pour into them and provide for them what you have provided to us. And so, Lord, we thank you and we pray for them and we ask that you would bless them continuously. Now, Lord, as we continue in this worship service, we continue to uplift your name and give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Prepare our hearts to hear from our pastor. Prepare our hearts to hear directly from you. And we pray all these things in the matchless, in the most blessed name of Jesus Christ. Come on, everyone together, let's say amen and amen. Happy holidays and welcome to Salem News. 2023 is the year of renewal. It's our prayer that you have a meaningful encounter with God today because here at Salem, we do believe the best season of your life is just ahead. Here are this week's highlights. Please take special note, the church administrative offices will be closed in honor of the Christmas holiday beginning at 3 p.m. on Thursday, December 21st. The offices will reopen on Wednesday, December 27th. 
Mark your calendars and join us for our watch night service on Sunday, December 31st, beginning at 7 p.m. in the sanctuary. Let's come together to reflect on our year of renewal and embrace 2024 with a spirit of great expectation. And another special note, the church administrative offices will be closed in honor of the new year. The office will be closed on Monday, January 1st and will reopen on Tuesday, January 2nd. Well, as you can see here at Salem, we have many exciting opportunities and events, and we want to get everyone connected and involved. To stay up to date with all church opportunities, visit our website, SalemBC.org. Also, like us on Facebook, Salem Baptist Church Omaha, on BoxCast, or subscribe to our Salem YouTube channel. I'm Cerise Cole for Salem News. Sure hope you have a great day and a wonderful week. Good morning. So I'm full. That was Marky's baby leading us in worship today. It was Pastor Bacchus who said, Salem, we have to raise a generation. So I get, hey! It was Pastor who said, we have to raise a generation. And look at this baby today. My God, my God, my God. I'm here today to encourage you to bless the first family um, with a Christmas gift. You know, Deacon Charles Smith always comes and says, bring your best gift. Bring your best gift. And so somebody said, or maybe I said it, what is our best gift? How do we get there? I'm glad you asked. So maybe if you skip that caramel frappe, you might be able to give your best gift. What if you had chicken for dinner instead of the seafood boil? You might be able to give your best gift. It's the end of the football season. What if you played with your real friends instead of your fantasy friends? you might be able to give your best gift. <clears throat> what if you skipped the outing with the girls, drank clear water instead of the dirty? You might be able to give your best gift. John Kemp said he just got paid and it's Friday night. What if you stayed home instead of being in the place to be? You might be able to give your best gift, right? What if you skip that top shelf for the lower shelf? You might be able to give your best gift. Come on, Salem. Let's be a blessing to our first family in a great way. We are blessed to have Pastor Bacchus as our leader. And I just thank you, Pastor. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Brown, so much. Amen, amen. She asking a whole bunch of some of y'all. <laughs> amen. Good morning, Salem. Hey, y'all can do better than that. Good morning, Salem. 
Amen. So glad to see each and every one of you. For those who are in the sanctuary and those who are in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, we are so grateful that you have joined us for worship on today. It is a blessing to be able to lift up the name of our worthy God. Amen. 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 You do realize there are some folk who would give all they had to be in worship one more time, and we take it for granted. Amen. So we want to uh, praise God for the privilege to worship the Lord on today. Uh, it has been shared in our Salem News, but we want to invite you to watch tonight on New Year's Eve at 7 p.m. We want to see the new year end together as we worship the Lord. Thank him for what he's done in 2023 and uh, thank him in advance for what he's going to do in the new year. As we shared on last week, we had a wonderful time in Joyful Noise at Joyful Noise at the Steel House. How many were blessed by that? Amen. 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 And uh, we want to remind you that uh, at 4 p.m. on Christmas Day on WOWT, we will uh, be broadcasting Joyful Noise. So you can uh, get a recap of that as well. You can, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, share uh, that information with your friends and family so that they can be blessed as well. Amen. 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 I'm forgetting something, but it'll come back to me at some point. Amen. Uh, to all who are our guests on today, those who are visiting with us in worship, we're going to ask you to stand. If you are our guest on today, if you are our guest on today, if you're visiting with us in worship, we're not going to ask you to say anything or do anything. We just want to greet you and let you know that we are so grateful for your presence in worship on today. Thank you so much for coming and being a part of our worship experience here at the Salem Church. You may be seated. We pray and plead that this would not be your last time that you would come and worship with us here again at the Salem Church. We remind you as well on next Sunday, Christmas Eve, immediately following worship, I am inviting you to have brunch with the pastor. Brunch with the pastor, amen, in the J.C. Wade Senior Fellowship Hall. Uh, I'm inviting you, amen. I'm, I ain't cooking, but I'm paying for the food, amen. So y'all come and, and when the food is gone, the food is gone. You might want to go right over after the benediction. Amen. We're inviting you for brunch with the pastor on next Sunday, immediately following uh, the worship experience. Now, <clears throat> don't get your hopes up too high. I'm doing this because it's on Sunday, and y'all here. So when Christmas Eve is on Wednesday, I'm not telling y'all to come down here. It's because I'm just kidding. Just uh, please be present. Amen. Glad to see Pastor Temple and Sister Temple in worship with us on today. Amen. Amen. Now, somebody, uh, little bird, little bird, little bird, uh, called me the other day, and she's the only little, little bird that not whispers in my ear, but she has the privilege of hollering in my ear, <coughs> and that is Sister uh, <coughs> Jesse Brown. Jesse Brown. Uh, shared with me that Sister Bacchus said she did not want us to sing happy birthday to her today because today is her birthday. But Sister Brown said if we don't sing happy birthday to her, I got to answer to her. And I don't want to answer to her. So 
we're going to have to sing happy birthday for Sister Bacchus's <clears throat> birthday. Amen. All right, y'all ready? I don't... Happy birthday. Amen. And young Master Miles, Christian Jerome, back has walked right in, he walked in right on time. Amen. 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 We thank those who came out for our annual meeting on Tuesday. We were blessed to have uh, those present necessary to allow us to move forward and uh, do what we do in ministry for 2024. We thank God in advance for what he's going to do in the life of the Salem Church. Amen, 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 and amen. And we thank you for your continued stewardship, for your continued uh, faithfulness in your giving. Amen. It is because of your faithfulness that we are able to do what we do in the life of the Salem Church. Now, Sister Brown uh, talked about it a little bit, but I want to I want to do something real quick. I want to ask all of the folks who are uh, been in college or around college who are 18 to 25. I need y'all to stand up real quick. 18 to 25. 18 to 25. 18 to 25. All right. All right. All right. All right. Y'all can be seated now. Those 25 to 40. <laughs> 25 to 40 who have been in college, around college, I want y'all to stand up. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Now, I highlight them because we are indeed raising a generation, Salem. We are indeed raising a generation. And then you look behind me. And in a few years, these young people are going to be our college students. Amen. We are indeed raising a generation. And again, it is because of your faithfulness, because of your generosity, because of your stewardship, we are able to minister to these young people. We are able to have Minister Whitaker to reach out to our young people and our young adults. And we praise God, Salem, for all that you do and all that you continue to do and you look good in your gear y'all you look good in your gear amen I had to shout out my seminary the School of Theology at Virginia Union University in Richmond Virginia I had to shout them out today amen VUU Panthers yeah we won the CIAA in football this year amen google it google it google it <laughs> all right <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about Michigan I'm not gonna talk about Michigan Amen. <laughs> Salem, it is giving time. Our gift to him. What if while you were buying Christmas gifts for your family, it suddenly occurred to you that since Christmas celebrates the birth of Jesus, shouldn't I get a gift for him? You then might ask yourself, what would I get for Jesus? And the next thought might be, how would I get a gift to him. Jesus himself, speaking in Matthew chapter 25, verses 35 through 40, suggests what we can give to him 
and also how we can give it to him when he says this, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Now, during the earthly ministry of Jesus, he focused on doing all the things he mentioned in those verses. He reached out. He touched lives. He offered healing for the hurting, and he displayed care and concern for the downcast. That is yet his ministry today through his church, the Salem Church. When you give to continue the ministry of Jesus through this, your church, you are giving to Jesus. When you give your tithe and your offering today, it helps your church, the Salem Church, reach the community and the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your generous gift today is a gift to Jesus Christ. As you prepare to give on today, repeat these words in your heart. Lord Jesus, the offering I give today is my gift to you. Amen. As we prepare to give, we remind you there are various platforms by which you are able to give your tithe and your offering. You can mail them here to the church. You can bring them to the church office Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can give through our website at SalemBC.org through uh, PayPal, Givelify, Cash App, and you can text to give. And for those who are in the sanctuary, you are able to give as you exit worship on today. There will be persons in place to receive your tithe and your offering. We thank each of you for your continued stewardship and for our ministry partners all across the country who tune in and give on a regular basis. We are grateful for you as well. We share this affirmation. It is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. We are so grateful that our children are going to be ministering to us in song on today. Come on, let's encourage them. Put your hands together as they come to bless us.
sure wish you all could see yourselves. Sister Johnson, I saw you back there. We're going to ask you to stand. <laughs> and as you stand, come on, let's bless our children once again on today. Amen. Some of y'all need to go to sleep. Y'all worked hard today, so I understand. <laughs> All right, we're going to ask you to turn with us to the New Testament, the gospel as recorded by John, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. <clears throat> John chapter 1. We will read in your hearing initially verses 6 through 8, although we will use a larger portion of John chapter 1. The word of God reads, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's word is blessed. I'm going to talk today for a few minutes about the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject. Jesus got a witness. Jesus got a witness. The Gospel of John opens with a powerful and poetic introduction of Jesus Christ as the Word and the Light. <clears throat> the Word, the Logos. The Logos of the Gospel of John is the real personal God, the Word who was originally before the creation with God and was God, one in essence and nature, yet personally distinct as the revealer and interpreter of the hidden being of God the reflection and visible image of God and the organ of all his manifestations in the world. Jesus, Word, the Logos, who became man in the person of Jesus Christ. The Word made flesh. The Gospel of John opens, introducing Jesus as the Word and the light. And it does so profoundly and particularly. Listen to verses 1 through 5 of the first chapter of, gospel, of the Gospel of John. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. This introduction sets the tone and tenor for the theologically and philosophically weighty gospel of John. Now the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, follow a closer chronological record 
and timeline of the earthly ministry of Jesus. But John's gospel is more concerned with the concept, concepts of the word and the light. The light of Jesus that penetrated a dark world. And yet there are some things that are part of the timeline and landscape of the ministry of Jesus that cannot be ignored or omitted. And one of those necessary narrative insertions is the ministry of the one that we call John the Baptist. And before we move forward, we must highlight the distinction of the Johns in the sermon on today. The Gospel of John is written by the beloved disciple, the Apostle John, one of the 12 disciples that were with Jesus during his earthly ministry. So, in the Gospel of John, the Apostle John is writing about the John we call the Baptist. Once again, in the midst of these serious and significant concepts about Jesus, the Word becoming flesh, and Jesus being the light in the darkness of the world, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle John, I'm sorry, introduces John the Baptist in verses 6 and 7 as I read again. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. Now, I hope you were listening clearly and intently as I read those two verses because there's something that if noticed is significant and substantial that defines John in the gospel of John in a way it does not in the other gospels. Just in case you didn't catch it in your mind, didn't capture it, let me read it again. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. Well, let me point it out just in case you didn't get it. In the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the action and activity that distinguishes and delineates John is baptizing, which is why we call him John the Baptist. And yet in the Gospel of John, our initial introduction to John is not as a baptizer, but as a witness. And truthfully, as much as John is referred to as a witness in the Gospel of John, it might be appropriate when referring to him in the Gospel of John to call him John the witness instead of John the Baptist. John is a witness. As we read this, we realize that Jesus got a witness. Now, to witness is to provide information about a person or an event concerning which the speaker has direct knowledge. It is confirmation or attestation on the basis of personal knowledge or belief. And the root word for witness is the original, in the original Greek is martyrio, from which we get our modern English word martyr. 
a martyr which John the witness later became at the hand of Herod Antipas shows the ultimate form of witness. And that one may be called upon to lay down his or her life as a witness to the truth or because of his or her witness for Jesus Christ. John was a witness. Which leads us to our first point of emphasis on today. And that is that John received and responded to his call. John, the witness, received and responded to his call. Now, you cannot appropriately appreciate John receiving and responding to his call without taking into account his origin story and his background. When you weave together the threads of information from the other Gospels, a tapestry of John's life is seamlessly produced. You have to remember, John had two remarkable parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, both of the well-respected and revered tribe of Levi. And the Bible tells us they were both elderly and lived a long life without having a child. Zechariah held the esteemed position of a priest in the temple, and on an occasion when it was his responsibility to execute his priestly duty of offering incense, the angel Gabriel was dispatched from glory and began to speak with the elderly priest Zechariah, explaining that in their old age, if he and Elizabeth would finally be blessed with a male child. And this child would be named John, and he would be filled with the Spirit and exude the power that was exemplified and exhibited by the prophet Elijah. If you remember, John was so special that when his mother Elizabeth, who was the cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus, was greeted by Mary as Mary carried Jesus, the Bible says John leaped in the womb of his mother. Now it was clear that there was greatness destined for John. Not only was he of a priestly lineage and line and legacy, but remember the very angel of the Lord informed them that uh, he would have an impact on the world and yet the call or the the call of John's life is summarized in verses 6 through 8 and that summary says John was a witness he received and responded to his call and I would dare say that if the novel of John's life had been written you taking the time to read the first few chapters that retold the story of the barrenness of his parents until their golden years and the miraculous announcement of his conception delivered by Gabriel the angel and the divine encounter he had while Jesus was in his mother's womb, there would be an assumption that John would be the light that was highlighted in the story of his life. Yet the Bible says John received and responded to the call of being the chosen vessel to bear witness of the light, which was Jesus Christ. 
What a marvelous and monumental call on the life of John. Now, in reflection, I often characterize the call of John here in John chapter 1 in comparison <clears throat> to the moon. I can't speak for you, but as a small child, I was amazed at the manner in which the stars twinkled in their silvery sockets against the uh, darkness of the night sky. And I was even more fascinated by the phenomenal presence of the moon and all of its splendor in its lunar stages and phases, believing in my uninformed mind that the moon radiated and emanated its own light against the darkness of the sky. Yet, when I got a little bit older, I took a couple of science classes, I was taught that the moon gets its illumination as it reflects the light of the sun. In other words, there is no glorious moon glow without the moon reflecting the powerful rays of the sun. And it's the case with John here in John chapter 1. John received and responded to the call of bearing witness to the light of the world who was Jesus because he realized he would only fulfill his calling if he would be a reflection of the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself. And I want to ask a rhetorical question to those in the sanctuary and the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. Uh, it's a meditational and contemplational question, so you don't have to answer out loud, but I have to ask this rhetorical question as we consider the call that the Lord has on our lives, individually and collectively, as a congregation. Are we doing what John did? Are we living out our calling by allowing the brightness and brilliance of Jesus, the Son of God, to reflect in our lives as we represent King Jesus. Is the light of Jesus shining on us, in us, and through us? Are we a true reflection of the light of Jesus in the dark world in which we live on today? Again, don't answer out loud. But yes, our call, just like John's, is to reflect the light of Jesus because Jesus, as John says, is the light of the world. And yet, we can shine if we reflect his goodness, his righteousness, his power. I guess that's why the old saints were not ashamed to teach many of us when we were toddlers in Sunday school we were in the primary class in Vacation Bible School, or when we were doing devotions as teenagers. Uh, some of y'all didn't do that. I did it. They weren't ashamed to teach us that song that rings clearly in the mind of many of us, no matter how old we get. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine. Jesus gave it to me. I'm going to let it shine. This is where it gets tough, even in my home. 
All right, I'm going to stop right there. What shines in us is only possible if we are a reflection of the light of the world who is Jesus Christ. And we see that G John received and responded to his call by bearing witness and reflecting the light of Jesus Christ. But not only that, John received and responded to his call, but I want to highlight the fact that John resisted temptation. John resisted temptation. Now, uh, it's quite admirable that John received and responded to the call of bearing witness to the light that was Jesus Christ. And it's quite commendable of John to understand that he was only a reflection of the true light of Jesus Christ in his own ministry. And it was honorable and noble of John to have his priorities in order. And yet, we cannot dismiss the possibility of the consequences of the human element being involved in this unique relationship between John and Jesus. Uh, maybe you don't get the complexity of what I'm trying to uh, say just yet, so just hold on one second. I'm going to try to get you to see it. Uh, uh, because uh, when you look at the moment in John's ministry, John the witness, Again, it's recorded in all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as I said earlier, the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, include similar elements highlighting John as the Baptist. And John's Gospel elevates John's ministry of being a witness to the ministry of Jesus. But there's one element that if we look beyond the surface, uh, will be included in each of the synoptic Gospel accounts. Let me use the words of those Gospels to make it clear. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Then Jerusalem, Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to John and were baptized in the Jordan, confessing their sins. The Gospel of Mark reiterates this in Mark chapter 1, verse 5, when it says, Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to John and were baptized in the Jordan River confessing their sins. And Luke chapter 3 verse 7 says the multitudes came out to be baptized by John. Now this means that the crowds were gathering to hear John preach. Furthermore, in response to his sermons on repentance and turning away from their sins, the Bible says they confessed their sins and ultimately, they submitted to baptizing, uh, to being baptized, which means their sins were symbolically washed away. Now, after that, Matthew tells us the Pharisees and Sadducees came to hear, <coughs> to see and hear John. And John's gospel says that the priests and Levites who were sent by the Jews came to see and hear John and would question John, which means John had grabbed the attention of the crowd. Not only the common folk, but his ministry showed up on the radar of the social, political, and religious elite of his day. Now again, we've established that John received and responded the call of bearing witness to the true light, and yet we must consider the intense tug and pull 
of the immense popularity that John was experiencing. We have to take into account the fanatical fame and the consuming captivation of celebrity that uh, would have had on John's personality and ego. We used to be warned, don't believe your own press clippings. I guess these days, I guess there should be a warning concerning the vexing lure of going viral on social media. But that same temptation had to raise its ugly head and allure to John the witness. Think about it. The crowds were coming out to hear him preach. From all Judea and all Jerusalem, and even the religious elite showed up and began to ask him questions. Listen to the portion of a portion of the heated line of questioning of the priests and Levites in verses 19 through 21. It says, now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Now, if you take into account the comparative questions the priests and Levites were asking John, it would have been difficult for John to resist the temptation to elevate himself. Difficult to resist the temptation of highlighting himself and promoting himself. Listen again to the question, are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah? Are you the anointed one that's been spoken of by the prophets centuries ago? John says, no. Well, since you're wearing the same kind of clothing Elijah wore, camel's hair with a leather belt around your waist, and since you're eating the same diet that Elijah ate, locusts and wild honey, are you Elijah? risen from the dead? No, no. Are you the prophet that Moses spoke of in Deuteronomy chapter 18? John once again declares no. John resisted the temptation of usurping and grasping the authority, identity, and role that was only meant for Jesus. You may ask the question, how did he do this? How did he yield not to temptation? It's because he lessened his importance and highlighted the importance of Jesus. He minimized his role and spoke highly of Jesus. He lowered his public recognition and lifted the regal reputation of Jesus and the eternal impact the life and ministry of Jesus would have. Listen once again. As John resists the temptation of highlighting himself all the while becoming an ancient hype man for Jesus. Listen to what he says in verses 24 through 27. 
Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you who you do not know. John answered him, saying, I, I, Again, it is he who come, who's coming after me, who is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not even worthy to loose. John says, The one I'm bearing witness to, the word and the light of the world, the one, Jesus, who's coming after me, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. Now those at the time of the text would have understood this because persons who traveled at that time mostly traveled by foot. And as they were traveling in ancient times, they moved from place to place and as they arrived at their destination, their feet would be caked with mud and dust and animal refuse and the lowest ser servant of the household was charged with loosing the sandals of the one who had traveled and washing their feet. John says, I'm not even better than the lowest servant. Stop comparing me to Jesus. He humbled himself and he honored Jesus. He prostrated himself and he pointed to Jesus. He resisted the temptation of lifting himself up when he very well could have fallen prey to the audience of his own ego. Hmm. What a lesson can be learned from those of us who live in 2023. I know it's okay for you to have a thousands of followers and it's okay to have fans and friends on Facebook and it's okay to be an influencer on Instagram ah, but are you pointing to yourself or are you pointing to Jesus don't answer out loud don't answer out loud oh yeah so we see John received and responded to his call glad y'all shouted on the kids because we're not going to shout today. John received and responded to his call. John resisted the temptation, but then lastly, John recognized his ministry. John recognized his ministry. It's a clear indication of the clarity of the call on John's life and the content of his character that he did not allow others to define or determine the scope of his ministry. John recognized what his ministry was all about. And it's summarized in verses 22 and 23. He says this. It, or it says, Then they said to him, Who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? John said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. What I'm crying is to make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. John, John recognizes his ministry. He says, let me not get outside the lane that I've been given responsibility for. 
says, I recognize my ministry. And the first part of my ministry is I'm a wilderness preacher. That's what he said. You see, John's pulpit was not placed on a platform in the metropolitan city of Jerusalem. John, John was not preaching amidst the bustling crowds that would visit the temple in the city or the synagogues in the city surrounding Jerusalem. He says, I'm preaching in a barren, arid, and desolate place. I'm preaching in a sparsely populated wilderness. The barrenness and desolation of the physical wilderness was symbolically of the spiritual landscape of the day as John ministered and announced the ministry of Jesus. John says, I'm not preaching in a comfortable place. I'm not preaching on a raised platform like Bacchus will in 2023. I'm just a wilderness preacher. And I'm preaching in the physical wilderness because there's a spiritual wilderness going on in the people who hear my preaching. Hmm. He says, I'm preaching in the midst of chaos and calamity. And family of God, the truth is yet still today. Ah, we're preaching and witnessing in the wilderness in barren and desolate places and barren and desolate times. We're going to shout next week, y'all. He recognizes ministry as a wilderness preacher. But then he says, my ministry is as a way preparer. Let, let me not get it confused, John says. I, I'm not the one that everybody's looking for. My ministry is to prepare the way. Now what John is referring to would clearly have been understood, understood by his contemporaries at the time of the text, but let me take you back a few centuries and millennia. It was the custom at the time of the text when Eastern monarchs and kings would be traveling through rough and rugged terrain. They would send the servants and laborers before them. And those servants and laborers were to go ahead of the king of the monarch and to fill up the potholes. To level the road that the monarch or king would be traveling to remove the trash or debris, to bring low the high places and bring to level the low places, preparing the one who was coming behind them for a smooth road on their way to their destination. That's what John says. John says, I'm a way preparer. I'm not the one that's on his way to change the world. I'm simply here as a voice crying in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. And child of God and family of God, I want to tell you, on December 17th in 2023, we might as well accept the fact that that's a part of our call, that's a part of our ministry, that's a part of our lives. We ought to prepare the way. 
We ought to make it smooth. We ought to make the rough places smooth. And, and we ought to lift up uh, those low places so that Jesus uh, that we're preparing the way for can go into the hearts and minds and spirits of those who need to know him. John says, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness, which means John didn't just stand there. John said something. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Oh, and this, uh, in this moment right now, if we're going to be way preparers, it's time for us to say something. Uh, it's time for us to use our voices. It's time for us to open our mouths and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's time for us, as the children said, to go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. And the good news is, is we've got to tell the story, but we're privileged to tell our story. Do I have a witness? All we ought to tell the story that Jesus Christ was born in a manger of a virgin Mary. He was raised in a city called Nazareth. We ought to tell the story that he, at the age of 30 years old, he started his earthly ministry. That he healed the sick and raised the dead. He unstopped deaf ears and opened blind eyes. We've got to tell the story. We've got to tell the story that one Friday, outside the walls of Jerusalem, on a hill called Calvary, Jesus died for your sins, and he died for mine. But the good news is that's not the end of the story because bright early Sunday morning the Bible says that Jesus rose with all power in his hand. Do I have a witness? We've got to tell the story. But then you've got to tell your story. Do I have a witness? Well, let me tell my story in the words of the songwriter, the songwriter says, I was sinking deep in sin. I was far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within. I was sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea he heard my despairing cry from the waters he lifted me now safe safe am i it was love that lifted me when nothing else could help it was love that lifted me do i have a witness is there anybody in the building today who can testify that you have your own story? Do I have a witness that Jesus met you where you were? He saved you. He picked you up, turned you around, and placed your feet up 
on solid ground. Is there anybody who will shout today that I have my own story? Do I have a witness? My story may not be your story, and your story may not be my story, but I thank God today that I have a story. Do I have a witness? This is my story. This is my song. I praise my Savior all the day long. Is there anybody here who will tell your story? Has he been good to you? Did he save you? Did he raise you? Did he heal you? Did he deliver you? Did he set you free? You ought to tell your story and tell the Lord thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Is there anybody here who will tell him thank you? Because he's worthy of our thanks today. He's worthy of our praise. Do you know he's worthy? Well, lift those hands, open your mouth, give him glory, give him glory, give him glory, yeah, glory, yeah, glory. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said hallelujah, I said hallelujah, I said hallelujah. Is there anybody here who's glad to be a witness? Is there anybody here who's glad to be a witness? Well, lift those hands, say it with your chest, y'all. Lift those hands up. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Ah, thank you. Ah, thank you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said, hallelujah, I'm trying to leave it alone. I said, I'm trying to leave it alone. I said, I'm trying to leave it alone. But somebody here today, you have a testimony. Hallelujah. How the Lord has worked in your life. How when the world gave up on you, the Lord stepped in right on time when you gave up on yourself 
in the midnight hour. Do I have a witness? Jesus shook you. He shook you. He shook you and said, if I haven't given up on you, don't give up on yourself. You ought to tell him thank you that he shook you. Tell him thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah. Hallelujah. You ought to go to work tomorrow and tell the folk who look at you crazy when you don't respond like they respond. Tell them the Lord shook me. When your family starts acting crazy with you and you want to cuss them out, remember back to said in the back of your mind, remember that the Lord, he shook you. When you feel like giving up, throwing in the tie, surrendering, remember the Lord. He shook you. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he Yes, he will. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to let you go on home. But is there anybody today who can declare, I'm glad to be a witness? I'm glad to be a witness. I said, I'm glad to be a witness. And I'll bless his name wherever I go because I'm glad I said I'm glad to be a witness do I have a witness because I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul will make her boast in the Lord the humble will hear thereof and be glad Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us, I said, let us, that means y'all, let us exalt his name together. I'll be a witness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The doors of the church open. Hallelujah. Doors of the church open. Hallelujah. 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 
church open, the invitation is extended. Oh, praise God today. John was a witness, and you can be a witness. We can be a witness of what the Lord has done in our lives. Most importantly, how he saved us, and even saved us from ourselves. Hallelujah did it on Calvary's cross. He died in our stead on our behalf. Hallelujah. Died on Calvary's cross. That you and I might have life, life abundantly and life eternally. And if you're here today and you've not made that confession of faith, not say it to the world as it says in Romans 10, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You ought to make that step of faith on today, step out in the aisle, come down, give your life to the Lord Jesus. Or if you're saved, but for whatever reason, you're out of fellowship with the local church. This is your opportunity to be a part of the family of faith here at the Salem Church. As our children lead us in this invitational selection, why don't you come? We're praying for you right now.
today, Pastor Temple and Sister Temple are coming to reaffirm their relationship with the Salem Church and as a part of the ministry here at the Salem Church. Amen. Amen. He's pastor for 47 years and is still preaching all across. 47 years. Amen. And uh, he's preached all across the country, and uh, Sister Temple has blessed churches all across the country, and we're glad to have them right back here at Salem. Amen. Amen. We praise God for both of you, and we are excited today that you have. Yeah, amen. It's good to be home. I know that's right. I know that's right. Let's praise God, Salem. We're just going to ask you to have a seat. Amen. Y'all been through every new members, anything that we have already. Amen. Amen. We just are glad that you all are again back here at home with the Salem Church. Come on, Salem, let's celebrate. sister comes on today <clears throat> interceding for her sister um, has had some tests and getting the results on uh, tomorrow and uh, here in Omaha alright and we just want to go to the Lord and ask the Lord's blessings and we know the Lord can go ahead of us and he can work it out Whatever it is, he can work it out. Whatever the doctor says, whatever the test says, God can work it out. So as we come, we're simply saying to the Lord, Lord, we know you've got the power. You have the ability to, to do remarkable things, no matter what the doctor says. Amen? He is able. He is able. He is able. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we thank you today. You've been so good to us. You've been so kind to us. God, just like John, we are a witness to who you are. We are a witness to your wonder-working power. We are a witness to your keeping we are a witness to your controlling power. And on today, we come as witnesses of your healing power. Your word declares, and it is true, by the stripes that Jesus bore, we are able to be healed. And so, God, we come now in the name of Jesus, interceding on behalf of one of your children 
God, we know that the anxiety, that uncertainty can bring. We know, God, the sleepless nights that it can bring. We know, Lord, the, the nervous, the nervous, the nervousness of the moment when we are unsure and we are awaiting news. But God, we pray today in the name of Jesus as the results are coming on tomorrow that you allow this to be a day of rest. That you'd allow her sister and her family to rest on tonight. To have a sense of peace and calm. Knowing God that Doctors are going to say what they say, but the good news is you have the last word. You have the last say. So God, in the name of Jesus, we bring it to you and we lay it at your feet. Claiming God healing. Claiming wholeness. Claiming God in advance that you're going to provide for what's needed in this situation. You are Jehovah Jireh, not only providing physically and through our resources, but you're able to provide peace that passes all understanding. You're able to provide joy, strength, endurance. So we pray in the name of Jesus that you would give it now everything that they need you are able to provide and Lord we do thank you before we close this prayer for the privilege of being able to come to you lay our burdens at your feet share openly our concerns with you because we're your children and you love us care for us. You're concerned for us. You know every detail of our situation. So God, walk with them. Minister to them. Show that you are a very present help. Lord, we love you and we thank you in advance for the prayers that are going to be answered and the healing that will be experienced. We ask this as we stand in unity as the people of God because we ask it in the name of Jesus, our risen and living Savior. We ask it in Jesus' name. And the people of God said together, amen and amen. Let's praise God in advance for what he's going to do. Amen. Amen. We're going to ask you to stand now. Amen. We praise God for this worship experience on today. We remind our college students and our young adults, uh, Minister Whitaker is going to be in the fellowship hall waiting on you all. We got a little something tea for y'all. Amen. That's what my daddy used to say, a little something tea for y'all. Now, don't act like you're a young adult if you're not a young adult. But you know the pastor is the member of every ministry of the church. <laughs> so it means I can get a plate, Deacon Fairley. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads again. Lord, we thank you today for your word. For this moment of worship, we pray and believe, God, that it has strengthened our spirits, that it has given us the motivation to be a witness for all that you have done in our lives and all that you're going to do, and to ultimately not point to ourselves, but to point to Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, for this privilege to gather both in the physical sanctuary and the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. We pray your blessings upon those gathered and those gathered across the world. Lord, we're about to leave from this place, but we know we never leave from your presence. We pray that you put your loving arms of protection around us. Keep us from all hurt, harm, and danger. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God, be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God said together, Amen, Amen, and Amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead. <laughs>